everyone, and welcome to Adventurific. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, this is a game played by seven friends meeting on Saturday nights, sometimes Sunday nights, in a basement. Grown men and women from all different shapes and sizes. <laughs> Somewhat grown. That. Uh, acting like a bunch of children playing a stupid kids game. But god damn it, we do it anyway. We do it well. Hell yeah! We do it our way here. Uh, Once again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, This is a game where we play by by our own rules. We do not necessarily follow the rules of canon. We don't do a lot of high fantasy around here. All of our backgrounds are uh, different in, in various ways, but the one thing in common about them, well, one of the one things, is that uh, prior to our current game, we have never played D&D before. Even me, the DM, had, I still, to this day, have never played a character in, in Dungeons & Dragons, actually. That's You're a thing. I only online. realized that just recently. I've never actually played <laughs> a character. in a weird way, you've played all of the characters. True, right. true. Very I have true. played many I mean, characters. I, used, I played probably when I was like 16, 17, right. 18. Right. Like two or three campaigns, but... Wow. Up until, yeah. I would say you're probably I didn't know the about most you. about yeah. D. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Veteran. Yeah, I didn't know that about Eric. <laughs> but what about you, Vampire Boy? Again, again another count. 14 <laughs> years later. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. System. So hopefully um, anybody listening will enjoy the fact that we've never played before and we're basically making it up as we go along. Uh, maybe there's some old veterans out there that are like, what's it like to play D&D for the first time? It's like this. Uh, <laughs> And if there's anybody looking to get into D&D, obviously all of us can heartily recommend it. We've been playing for a few months now, and we are starting this podcast, uh, if we can table talk for a moment, in the middle of our campaign. I mean, we only just thought of making it into a podcast after we had gone well underway. So there's going to be some episodes coming up that are going to be sort of our story so far type episodes that don't have play in them, and then we'll follow those up with our actual campaign, picking it up in the middle uh, and then just going it from there. Uh, that being said, we'll give a little background now into our current campaign as a sort of catch-up, and we'll see what happens. You should uh, probably introduce everybody. We will introduce everybody. Wonderful idea that I've just had right now. <laughs> <laughs> How about uh, starting from my left, there's Eric. Hello, everyone. I'm Larry Feingold. That's right. He's playing the character of Larry Feingold. What class are you? I am a bard. You're a bard. Uh, what race are you? Um, I'm, a little, I'm a lightfoot halfling. A lightfoot halfling. Uh, and then we've got Josh. Josh, who hey are you playing? Hey, everybody. I am playing the role of Buckthorn Wankman. Buckthorn Wankman is what kind of character? He is a cleric tiefling. He's a tiefling cleric. Who is from the sea. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pirate, so, you know, he's, got, he's a little rough around the edges. Heart of gold. Heart of gold. Heart of gold. Can we put pirate in quotes here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah. I mean, some of our activities could be considered... <laughs> Piratey. Uh, Danielle is next. Danielle, who and what are you? Hi, I am Cloudless, and I am a tiefling fighter. Excellent. Ooh. Excellent. Uh, Nick, you're next. Greetings. <laughs> My name is Spanner Shortshaft. I am a warlock gnome. The best damn the best warlock, damn warlock. <laughs> ever meet. <laughs> and then we have Sean. <laughs> Um, I <laughs> yeah. okay. confidence through the roof. Yeah. No, I'm, just, I'm still with him. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, I'm a halfling monk, a stout halfling monk. I play Perrin Wolfsbane. Nice. 
Awesome. And last but not least, we have Courtney. How's it hanging, Adventure Nuts? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Raven Moonshine, and I am a druid elf. Excellent. Excellent. You're the boners from here. We're making a lot of progress here, yeah. <laughs> and, and who are you? Uh, I am the DM. My name's Dom. Um, like I said, we are all more or less D&D rookies. Uh, hopefully anybody that's never played D&D before will like that about us, because if you're ever looking to get into D&D, just fucking do it. That's what we did, yeah. Yeah. and yep. it's worked out just wonderfully. I mean, I can tell you, from I hate high fantasy. I yes. really do, with a passion. Yes, he's and not joking. That's He's not saying that ironically. No, no, I really If it's got a sword it. in it, he hates it. Yeah, Renaissance Festival, Lord of the Rings, all yes. the Skyrim, I hate them all. Yeah. But <laughs> I started playing D&D, and it's been a blast. Yes. It's been a total blast. Um, well, we're not technically high fantasy with this. Well, that's, no, that's, why that's, do you that's think the I point. Like it so, much? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, if you've never played D&D before, and your idea of D&D is just, uh, it's, there's a I'll, bunch of rules, I'll I don't know what they are. It's impossible to learn and there's a bunch of just elves shooting fire out their asses and gay, gay. Yeah, all that bullshit. It's, that's not what it is. D&D is absolutely what you make out of it. It doesn't even have to be in a world of high fantasy, as we have discovered. Um, the way we started playing was not even with D&D. It was kind of a D&D spinoff called Gamma World. It was post-apocalyptic, and that's how I suckered all of you into it. Damn you, uh, And it went really well, so we decided to play straight up D&D um, and just mold the world into what we wanted it, making up our own rules rules as we go along. If you're a rules lawyer type person, you're probably going to hate us. <laughs> you're really um, going to hate us. Yeah, but I, I promise it'll be fun along the way. Um, cool. That being said, cool, excellent. This is our catch up with the story episode because like I said, we are sort of starting this podcast because we just came up with the idea and here we go. So we're going to need a little catch up time and here it is. So uh, we started off our campaign with these six players in where? Uh, it was a coastal harbor. town. It was a harbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a coastal town. Yeah. Was, yes. Waterdeep or something? Yes. Like it. Um, it was a town that was, I don't even know if we gave it a name. Yeah, I don't think it was just the starting area. It, was, it wasn't even like we didn't even know there was a town. We basically like we all started in a bar. Yeah. Yes. Looking for the same person. Yes. Right. Because you all, the way all great stories start. Right. Yes. <laughs> we love to drink. Yes. <laughs> we really do. Um, yeah. Yes, and I know we have a preamble, um, but since listeners might be listening to this for the first time, uh, even with that preamble to every podcast that we'll have, uh, we are adults, and we will be getting into adult situations using adult jokes and adult language, Uh so um, listeners should be prepared for that. If that's cool with you, awesome. If that's not cool with you, hey, that's awesome, too. There's plenty of podcasts out there that have uh, family-safe language the kids can listen to. But I this do hardly. This is not it. This is totally not it. We mean no offense to anybody, but we will go off the cuff sometimes. Yeah, we'll definitely offend you yeah. sooner yes. or later. Um, yeah. That Obviously was. We don't mean to. That was in, in order to get all of these players playing. Um, I basically had to promise them that this was not going to be your your old man's D anD. d We weren't even going to be going through a, a bunch of dungeons, although we have. They've just not looked like dungeons. Uh, we weren't going to be. Fighting trolls and gnolls and goblins all the time, and there's going to be no high fantasy. There was going to be off the cuff. If you've got something crazy in your head and you want to do it, then by God, you do that, and we will run with it. I am not afraid to throw everything that I've had written for a day out of the window. Uh, (laughs) Improvisation is kind of our M.O. Uh, We go crazy, and we go with that crazy. We turn it up a little bit after that. (laughs) 
Um, so, so yeah, we're that's, in a bar. So you started in a bar. All six of you adventurers had, uh, with your own backgrounds in tow, your own issues, your own stories, had one way or another come to this town and sat your asses in this bar, and you found uh, in the bar, or maybe observed in the bar, that there was uh, a middle-aged man in the bar uh, everybody called him the captain. Some of you sort of walked up to the bartender and said, Hey, where can I find a job? Or is there anything interesting going on in town? Or I'm looking for this. Uh, and the bartender pointed you, all of you, at this captain who was drinking in the bar at the time. Some of you even just like went up to the bar, ordered a drink, sat down, and saw this captain. A very bombastic character, basically owning the room. All eyes were on him because he was so charismatic. Yeah, and he was having a good time. Having a good time. Uh, and I believe you you all ended up sitting at his table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some, well, of ta- some of us on the table. Some of us on the table. <laughs> yes. Like a drunk college girl. Like, here I am! Yes. Uh, so the captain, as it turned out, was uh, he was deep in his cups as the old folks like to say. Do they? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> old folks. That's what they would say in a high fantasy D&D game, so fuck Ooh, that. He was shit. drunk as fuck. I'm out of here. Uh, he was, he was off his wasted. ass. But he was having a good time of it. Uh, raucous laughter is, was the, the tune that was being played in the bar that night. So we had Eric and Josh and Danielle and Nick and Sean and Courtney all at his table. He was giving you tales of his adventures, tell, telling you jokes, and you all you really came on to the captain, and he, he, he throughout the night, uh, some of you came on to him a little stronger <laughs> than others. <laughs> but that being said, he, he let you in on uh, his, his endeavors currently, which were he wasn't doing much of anything. And he was a little bit down and out. Uh, and that might have been why he was drinking. Just drinking his life away. Drinking. Well, we also were buying him drinks. Oh, yeah, yeah that's we were true. Full so much alcohol. Yeah. He wasn't well, spending was, a lot of money. That's how you get information. You yeah, just like, keep feeding drinks. And right. this captain, by the way, uh, just to describe him, um, sort of got longish hair, uh, salt and pepper, gray, and and sort of darker mixed in there. Um, yeah, bigger man, maybe about six foot, maybe, approaching. Human. Um, he's wearing a coat. That is sort of a grayish coat. It's seen a lot of wear and tear, but it's it's you can tell it's one of those coats that somebody really loves. It's part of their personality. It's got patches all over it. Um, these patches have different obscure things on them, like one was a window, one was a ladder, one was like an anvil. It's got uh, tons of patches all over it. I feel like I should write that down. <laughs> <laughs> that comes into play later. Um, so he reveals to you that um, he's, he's looking to go on uh, adventures because that's what he does, but he doesn't have the ability to right now. He needs to talk to a lady, uh, and he sent you to talk to that lady. And your question obviously was, well, why can't you talk to this lady? Is he a pussy ass. And he was, uh, <laughs> he was a little Which scared of her. Which you invited him very yeah. often. Yeah. <laughs> he was a little scared of her. Uh, didn't really have the guts to go talk to her himself. Uh, apparently it didn't go well last time mm. he tried to talk to her. Mm. Uh, so you all went off to just down the row, it was, a, it was a bar on the docks, and you just walked your way on these docks down to the other end of them, where there was uh, a crowd gathered, and it uh, looked like there was a fight going on. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fight involved this lady, and you saw this fight with this lady, and you're like, that must be the one we're looking for. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and it was. Uh, it was. Yep. It was. Uh, and you tried to convince the lady, uh, whose name was Sally, to talk to this captain, and she was like, no, fuck him! Mm. He's uh, making fun of his manhood. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, Eric uh, maybe jumped to a conclusion at that point. I did make an assumption. You made it. Poof. Here we go. Yeah. Um, what what assumption was that? I figured that this was the captain's, you know, main squeeze, lover, wife, something of that sort. So I tried to tried to woo her from him with a song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You tried to uh, surrogate yeah, wooing. Yeah, you tried yeah. to, to, to pull. I sang some Mulan Rouge to her. You know, yeah. 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 I figure if anyone's gonna make her all. Better is going to be the wonderful voice. Of all, so, of Ewan so picture like this, like this bard that's like he's just giving it his all. The 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 light has softened behind him. Oh yeah, and yeah. he's playing so like oh it's beautiful. He's got the and crowd. then just smash cut to all of his bones crinkled <laughs> up like I made a mistake. What did she do to you when you tried to woo her on behalf of the captain doing a little Cyrano? You know you weren't trying to like. Be like, oh, I'm the one singing no, this song. No, no, no. no. There was no the mistake. Captain. She knew that this was from the captain. Yep. What did she do? She beat my ass. She beat the <laughs> shit out of you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What did we learn about the captain? <laughs> what did we learn? It's his sister. It's his sister. <laughs> sister. <laughs> she maybe asked these questions before you jumped to a conclusion. My first, my first role was basically getting you back up. <laughs> hey, my name's Buckthorn. Let me put your bones back together. <laughs> Yeah, she beat you all over your body. Um, <laughs> Sounds hot. Yeah. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't that hot. So, um, putting that story together, you found out that the captain was uh, Sally's brother, and they, <laughs> up until shortly before you guys arrived in town, had been uh, adventurers, like a brother and sister team. Uh, they traveled around on this ship of theirs, which was very special, and you would find out how uh, momentarily. But... For one reason or another, the, the captain decided to stop adventuring. And it sounded like maybe these, some of these adventures, at least, were a little bit less than legal. But uh, they involved adventure, so fuck it. We want to do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Exactly. Um, so you eventually got the, these, this brother and sister to talking, and the, the captain was like, well, I mean, we got some adventuring crew now. I, I guess I specifically don't have to participate in these adventures. Just more or less act as a chaperone. So it, it was clear to you he really wanted to keep adventuring, but that was a, a nice loophole for right. him to keep his <laughs> conscience clean. Um, and you set off to adventure, adventure basically. Begins. And he led you to his ship, uh, which was called the Autumn Queen. Ooh. Um, weird name, but we'll find out what that is in a minute. Um, and set off for adventure you do, but you did have to make a little pit stop. Um, and the captain revealed easy, to you that yeah. this was not a sea ship. It looked like a sea ship. But when you turned the ignition keys of the sea ship, basically, <laughs> uh, it becomes an airship capable of traveling through time and space. Damn. Um, and the thing about this world we should probably introduce at this point is that this is a homebrew world using D&D cities and assets, basically. Like, you will find the city of Neverwinter in our adventure. But it's not the Neverwinter from, strictly speaking, D&D canon. Uh, we basically just use the name Neverwinter and the fact that it is a city and go from there. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's specifically done on purpose because the world that you guys exist in has been uh, mixed. Uh, imagine, and this is the analogy I use for the players, that you've got a book, and that book was like the normal D&D book with all the characters and all the beasts and all the worlds and planes and everything. And imagine that all the pages had been torn out of that book and dropped on the ground, and then somebody tried to put them back in order, but they were all mixed up, and they just 
put them back in the book and close the cover. <laughs> so everything's all mixed up. For one reason or another, we haven't really figured out what that reason is, but we call that incident of the book being mixed up the Great Confusion. So something has happened to this world about 30 or 40 years ago that caused it to become confused, and people are just now beginning to regain their memories as the way that the, the world used to be. So everything still exists in the world. It's just all weird. Uh, but this ship that you're on, if the pages of the book are the different planes and worlds and cities and everything in D&D, then the binding is what keeps it all together. And this ship can sort of travel in the binding and go from plane to plane, world to world, city to city, time to time. Oh, shit. Whenever it needs to, by traveling through the binding of the book. And that's why this ship is special. Uh, so, the first stop on your adventure was to the Fae, where the captain said he needed to make a little stop and talk to some people before we go on our adventures. And you got to the Fae, and you found a sort of... Um, Community of gypsies. Uh, gypsies, basically. Yes. <laughs> hey. Gypsies led by a uh, queen that was a, a, a dryad, basically, but a lot more strong than a dryad. She had powers of her own. She was the leader of this band of gypsies, um, and they called her the queen at first, and it was revealed uh, when you landed, and a little girl ran up to you and hugged the captain. Oh, no, he hugged Sally. Sorry. Uh, screaming, Auntie Sally! Um, that this was the captain's daughter. Yeah. And it all sort of revealed itself. You kind of put two and two together at right. that point. This must be where his family is. He had to make a stop first, couldn't he? Uh, he's got a little daughter named Rosie that it, uh, the mother of his child is the queen. Uh, her name is Autumn. The Autumn. Hey, she is the Autumn Queen. That's why he named his ship that. Uh, and you found out that the Autumn Queen, Autumn, and his daughter Rosie are uh, of the Fae, and can't leave it for any extended period of time. They can leave, but not for very long, because being of the Fae, I mean, they would just kind of just fade away. Get the fuck out. Stop! (laughs) Exactly. And most people in this world of ours can leave their plane for any specific amount of time, but not too long, lest they fade away, because they don't belong here. The Captain and Sally, however, can leave. And they've never really thought on that too much. They just know that that is a fact that they have to deal with. So that's why the captain stopped adventuring, because he's got a wife and kid now, and he really loves his family, and he can't be getting into trouble because he's got a family to come home to at the end of the day. So he's got to keep himself safe, and he's got to keep them safe. No more trouble! Uh. But now he's got, basically, you guys to live vicariously through, so game on. (laughs) (laughs) And you... Uh, had a little adventure of your own in the Fae. We did. You yeah. did. I kicked a squirrel. Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. I did not kick a squirrel. You wanted to. I threw a squirrel. squirrel. Okay. I, I threw a squirrel like a football, basically. Yes. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the, the captain explained to his wife and kid that he was going to sort of continue adventuring, but strictly no funny business, right? Right? Yep. Everybody's, we'll everybody's on board with that. You'll keep an eye on the captain. Yep. Yeah, keep okay. him safe. You're not going to get into trouble. You're just going to go adventuring. And, you know, sometimes shit happens when you're adventuring, but you're going to be safe. Yep. You can stay on the ship. We'll go take the danger on him. Exactly. Um, Oh, and also uh, on the ship was uh, a guy guy named Barry. Oh, yes. He was an owl bear. Who, listeners, uh, uh, when I draw inspiration from certain things, sometimes I like certain ideas, and I just fucking take them. Uh, Barry is Chewbacca. (laughs) (laughs) Barry is an owl bear, but he is Chewbacca. (laughs) Hey. Oh, yeah, we have a dog. Oi! Doggo. <laughs> no, I'm just looking at him. <laughs> hey, you, you cut that out forever. <laughs> you don't do that. 
Oh, he does uh, that. But yeah, so um, before you could leave the Fae, Rosie uh, told you about there was some, some mischief being made in the woods. And uh, that was a good time to, to test your abilities, you figured. So into the woods you went to figure out what was going on Go there. kick some shit in. Uh, and then you, you read across... Uh, oh, yeah, I, well... Listen, Buckthorn doesn't... He does, he's no the sentient tree. He doesn't trust the trees. Right. He doesn't trust squirrels. So he pissed on a tree. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, Buckthorn had to take a leak. Yep. He leaked on a tree. Yeah. And uh, this being the Fae, I mean, these aren't normal woods. No, nope. no, no. Uh, so uh, what happened? Uh, something hit me. Something hit you. <laughs> something hit me. Did dog. you ever find out what that was? I did, but that's a story. For another day. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, a little adventure happened. They uh, they fought a basilisk. Yes. Yep. They huh. found an ogre mm-hmm. who uh, called himself Eggy, and Eggie. he just wanted eggs. Eggy likes eggs. Eggy likes eggs. So uh, they got his help in fighting the basilisk. Uh-huh. Oh, no, it, was, it wasn't a basilisk. It was a it was a Cactress. cockatrice. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, so you fought that, and then uh, deeper in the woods, where uh, everything got a little darker, you found a uh, demon. Uh, soldier, basically. Yeah. King of Thorns. He called himself the King of Thorns, but you found out later he was no king. What a douche. He was just a lower level minion, basically, yeah. that had escaped, deserted. That's why um, we fucking slapped his puss in, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, gave the business. he had a, a beard made out of barbs and like thorny vines, and he looked cool, but he was nothing. Yeah. Um, what was something was there was a, a succubus and an incubus pair yep. that had sort of. <laughs> Taken over the woods and blamed everything on the. Uh, Everyone looks to Spanner. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, when a fine lady presents a kiss, you know you got to take a kiss when you get it. What happened with that succubus there, Spanner? Look, all right. She at the end of the fight, she offered Spanner a kiss, and well, I'm not going to refuse the pretty lady. <laughs> and so I kissed her, and then uh, I died. <laughs> and then, like that big, like. One. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes, and there's a little ding yep. sound. Spanner death counter. Yeah, oh. but everything turned out okay. Yeah. You you got Spanner. We dragged him back. Back. Put I some, dragged him back. Life back into <laughs> yeah. him. Um, but yeah, there was a succubus and an incubus and a barb demon and a displacer beast that was their pet. And fights happened, and you got to stretch your legs, find out what everybody was made of. Right. And then that happened. So after that, you went to. A town that was uh, on the when uh, did when did Rosie give the gifts? Of the oh, that was later. Oh, okay. That was later. Really? Uh, yes. So you went to a town uh, that was sort of on the moors. Imagine yourself like a rocky Scottish moor town uh, on the sea. Right. It's it's cloudy all the right. time. Very Maine. Yeah, moors. like it was like Maine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you been to Maine? I don't think you have. No, I haven't. <laughs> I don't think anybody I has been to Maine. It's just like Kansas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Vast oceans of Kansas. Yeah. Nobody's or been to Maine. I don't think anybody's been. There's like a, a in one of the Garfield episodes, he has a, he's like, I have a theory. Wyoming doesn't exist. Have you ever met anybody from Wyoming? No. I rest my case. Wyoming doesn't exist. <laughs> uh, Shout out to our Wyoming fans. We don't have any. It doesn't exist. <laughs> Prove it. Prove it. It's the first episode. Come on. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we go to this place. So you went to this place, um, and it seemed, I mean, a little sparse in population, but there were people there. You went to a couple of shops, and, and, and Perrin wanted to make a mask 
So he because we got tree beak from the cut. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. took free the beak? cockatrice. Free beak. Free beak. Yeah. Free beak. I mean, you kill a cockatrice, you keep the beak. Yeah, it's free it's beak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he wanted to make one of them beak masks out yeah. of it. You know, done as, as a symbol of his strength right. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and as a warning How to the others. How edgy he was. <laughs> the creepy dude. Do yeah. Uh, so you discovered that there were uh, some darker underpinnings in this town. Yeah. Uh, at first, you started hearing about these strange murders that had been occurring. And you checked that out, only to find uh, that the beggars along the streets um, were not beggars. They were, in fact, these crow bird monsters called kenku that uh, don't have the ability to speak per se. They just imitate sound. So it's really creepy when you talk to one. Turns out no one really looked at the beggar-type people. Yeah, Yeah, you never actually took the opportunity to look at their faces, which were covered in hoods. super close. There was other stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah, Which what, is what people that do. That's yeah. a statement on society, really. Oh, we, yeah. we go deep at Adventure yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever looks at the beggars. Right. That's never been done before in movies. <laughs> Using the beggars as the people that get around. I feel like uh, something else important happened. I think we're in two different towns. Oh, yeah, we... Uh, yeah, the beggars were in the next town over. No, oh, no, no. They, were in, they were in... They existed here. There's a yeah. lot of beggars. I didn't notice them. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I was. Buckthorn was busy elsewhere, but we'll get to that in a minute. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, remember, we went to the police. And yes. So you, you yes. tried to check with the local constables about these weird murders, and you, you you found that the beggars were not the beggars they seemed, and they were probably the murderers. Um, so case closed. It, case closed. That take care of that problem. Yes. <laughs> um, meanwhile, uh, when you got to the town, there was a like a. a an inn to stay at, a hotel. And you stayed at the hotel. The hotel had a bar. And uh, it turned out Buckthorn Wankman, he's got some issues that that he needs to work through as a character, some right. character development. This was yeah. a major moment for Buckthorn. This life. was a, a sort yeah. of a breakthrough. It's, it's, it's like, a, like, you know, sometimes you have to go over the edge. Yeah, you got to hit rock bottom. Come back yeah, and exactly. hit, uh, the sea bottom. Well, yes. yeah, you got to let the waves take you out. Yeah. So I, you know, I proceeded to, to drink heavily. Yes. And when Buckthorn j- drinks heavily, he tends to get a little wordy, a little mouthy. Yeah. And he decided to take that mouth and, and go give the business to uh, the the sea bitch herself, Umberly. Yes. Who also just happens to be his own mother. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. So while Buckthorn was cursing at his own mother, yes. drunkenly was, in the storm. Yeah, so anybody observing would have just seen a drunk-ass tiefling yeah. yelling at the sea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he might have gotten buried in the sand and Maybe. had, like, dicks well, yeah, drawn well, in his face. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. So Two. yelling at mom, I threw a bottle, she threw it back, I cursed at her, I went to the bar and I was like, fuck this, and then I passed out. <laughs> And my newfound friends decided to be hilarious to go take me out and bury me in the Allegedly. sand. Allegedly. You know, Allegedly. Just like, that'd be fun. There might have been. We didn't have a part in that. There no, might have been. I don't know. Nice put on the body. I personally had an early dinner <laughs> and went back to my right bed. Up, no, and like, down I remember we went upstairs. Yeah, we went back to the bed in the ship. Because we had that early breakfast. Yeah. No, no. You had a show, They all got rooms in the inn. Okay. Yeah. Well, there besides, weren't enough rooms besides in the inn. We went back to the ship. Let's not get all caught up in who yeah, did what to who. Yeah. I didn't do it! Let's just say <laughs> that I may or may not have. No, you did. No, you did. Sexually got sexually assaulted by a sea hag. You did. Yes. You say assault. No, I feel like we've taken a step there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so these are the facts that we know. This is the coming straight from the DM. Yes. Uh, so. Buckthorn got real pissed drunk. Yep. He passed out. Yep. He's got some new friends. Yep. Somehow or another, 
he ended up being buried up to his neck in the sand after right. he passed as out. As you do, you like bury, you put boobies out of his face. Yeah, that's what friends do. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there were boobies molded out of the sand, yeah, like where yeah. boobies would be, yeah. uh, like a lady. There were dicks on the face. Oh yeah, they drew some dicks on his face. There were sticks in sand into the face. Oh, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> pointing at his mouth. Yeah, right. Um, but the fact that they left him buried in sand with dicks and boobs and all that left him buried up to his neck in sand. Yes, where. Anybody could come across him, and somebody did. It wasn't our party, but the next morning, you didn't wake up on the beach buried in sand. No, I woke up in a tree. You woke up in a tree. In a tree upside down. No, my pants pants were gone. Your pants were gone. My pants were gone. Your pants were gone, and you stank, let's be frank. I smelled like, like a fucking... The fish harbor, like you smell, you smelled like a fish processing plant, like a fish processing, like <laughs> yeah. a, an abandoned fish yeah. processing plant, oh, like somebody yeah. had. Oh, and no, 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 there was a crust. Yeah, there, there was, was a dick crust. Oh. There was, yeah, there I had was, to go to the doctor to address, and even he, he was like, Jesus. Yes, and he's not making that up. This all happened. No, this is yeah. real. He had a dick life. crust. He had to find his way back from this tree. Yeah, um, smelling roll- of j- the worst smell. I had to do rolls to figure out where I was that I failed, and then I had to do like the. Hey, Mom. (laughs) Where am I? (laughs) To be fair, a few of your friends went went looking for you. And I think think the words were, I wanted you to find your father, not become him. She just stung like a son of a bitch. That is what happened. Yeah. Um, So, Buckthorn went to the doctor. Yep. Um, he got himself checked out. Yep, that's clean. Yes. It was all good. And as he was getting himself checked out, the rest of the party was just hanging out at the tavern, enjoying the sea view. Oh, yeah. It's um, beautiful. Where <laughs> so these are simultaneous <laughs> scenes I wanted to picture in your head. Buckthorn at the doctor, and then um, the people that were hanging out in the tavern, uh, a, a, a drunken sailor kind of meandered their way past, singing to himself, and sat down. Uh, and then Buckthorn came back and uh, sat down next to him. And the drunken sailor gave you a bit of a sniff because you were ripe. That, that smell would come off easy. You were ripe. <laughs> and uh, the drunken sailor looks at him and goes, Hooey, boy! Smells, smells to me like you fucked a sea hag. And then I proceed to vomit all over him, yeah. the floor. I slipped a little bit, hit the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what happened. Yeah, that's real. That's, that's a real thing. And uh, then more investigation into the town revealed that the the murders had, in fact, been uh, committed by these Kenku beasts. But that wasn't the real problem. Uh, The real problem sort of revealed itself when you had solved the problem of the murders and went to report back to the town and discovered that something was amiss with the town. And at that point, um, some other travelers had made their way into town, uh, one of them being a nice gnome lady. Uh, She's a cute gnome, Spanner Mm. thinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other was uh, a sort of shifty-looking rogue guy, and um, very confident. They they revealed themselves to be members of uh, a, a sort of underground group that calls themselves the Department of Very Old Things, and they their their stated goal is since the confusion happened, a lot of people don't know to make heads or tails of pieces of history. So they acquire pieces of history and try to make heads or tails of them, and that's their job. So they're basically adventurers who go looking for very old things and trying to make sense of this crazy world of ours. And But they try to keep themselves secret while doing it because some of these items are a bit dangerous. They're kind of bad at that. They're kind of yeah. bad at they're it. They're not great at it. I mean, they give it their best, but, they, I mean, hey, 
nobody in this world knows what they're doing, really. That's true. There's not a lot of memory passed about 30 or 40 years ago. But they try to uh, put their heads together and make the world a better place. Um, But they said that they were in town because they were looking for a professor that was sort of the the main guy at the, the Department of Very Old Things. And he's gone missing. And this is a guy that can really handle himself. He usually travels alone and has no problems. But they haven't heard from him in a while, and that's trouble. So the last recorded uh, place where he went was this town, which you have found out talking to uh, the, the bartender is called Gray Rock, mm-hmm. but it sounded like he was making that up. He, didn't, he was not making a lot of sense. So they did some investigating and found a piece of uh, this professor's diary that had revealed that not, is all, not all is what it seems. It was talking about him going to a town called Moorhaven, and this town is called Grey Rock, but it's described the same way. So you investigated more and found out that this town is dead. Um, and when I, when I say dead, Literally. I mean the whole town is dead. Everybody in the town is dead. Mm. And uh, those that are alive that you have met that live in the town were just reanimated corpses. Gross. Yep. And they basically fell to a ma- madness when you revealed that they were actually dead. They had no idea what to make of it and basically decomposed both mentally and physically in front of you. Ew. Ew is, is right. Um, and then one thing led to another, and you fought a sea monster. Yep. We did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened. Almost lost that. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, yeah, that was you, tough. You went going to look for the, the sea hag. Yep. Because well. <laughs> Buckthorn was like, I don't know what's going on. I, I know somebody that might know. Then what happened, Spanner? Uh, Sp- <laughs> Spanner got catfished. Literally. Oh, Spinner yeah. got catfished. Well, fuck me, catfish. So you went to look for the sea hag. That's right. Larry, yeah. my, my good buddy Larry came to try to, <laughs> try to help me out. I do what I can, but yes, I failed miserably trying to do it. Hole. Couldn't find the escape. <laughs> Just uh, couldn't. So many guys. So, so Spanner went looking for this sea hag, found her lair, uh, and then everything kind of went fuzzy from there. Yeah. It didn't look like she was there, but she was probably there. Yeah, or somebody was there. Yep. She escaped, but whoever else was in this layer of hers was still there, messing with your head, made oh, yeah. it look like you were being cradled like a baby I in was. the arms of this big, strong man. It was beautiful. Uh, it was beautiful. <laughs> it was so touching, and uh, he was real gentle as a lover. Yep. Um, but as you sort of regained there your senses... no penetration. No, no, well... Yeah, we don't know about that. We don't know. That's here Sometimes nor there. Sometimes in the depth of stories, some things get cut Look, out. Spanner, and some Spanner woke up before any of that happened. Right. <laughs> uh, so a fight happened outside as this cave was being uh, made into a love nest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, there was a sea beast fight outside. Spanner was having trouble inside. And eventually the captain and Sally and, and Barry were like, Fuck this! They showed up in the ship. Blasted everything. Blasted the shit out of that sea beast. The captain was outside of the ship, hanging on by one hand and dropping harpoons from the other. Oof. From hell's heart I stab at thee, he says. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. It you was pretty that. sweet. That's not original. That's, well. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. In the fight, I'm being attacked by zombies and I have a moment to be like, that's not original! You didn't make that up! <laughs> you have to set your source. But he was having a, a good old time getting into the scrap. Uh, and then in the nick of time, ah. uh, Spanner started saving his roles <laughs> and coming back to his senses to find out he was being held like a baby in the gentle arms of a giant catfish monster. I had it under control. Nah, I was fine. Entire time. Oh, yeah, you were 100% there. Uh, and the captain took a patch off of his coat and threw it at 
the rocks of this cave, and a window appeared, and he just pulls your ass out of that window <laughs> from the arms of this beast. In the arms <laughs> of an angel? I'm just, I'm just making some notes here of things some that I've forgotten. That yeah. Spider had to get, try to drag himself back, like, no, I love him! <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, uh, the department got together with your party and said, well, we should work together. And you did. And you found out that the town of Moorhaven had been uh, basically dead for a while. But the professor had come through there, and he left a message saying, get the fuck out of Moorhaven, something's wrong here. I'm getting the fuck out. Whoever's reading this, you should probably get the fuck out, too. So get the fuck out, you did. And you went to Neverwinter. We did. Where uh, the Department of Very Old Things is headquartered in the Temple of Agma, which is basically in our world a library because uh, Agma is the god of knowledge, and what better way to pray to a god of knowledge than to learn? So uh, it's hidden in the Temple of Agma, and you, uh, through some problem solving, Wink. found your way into the secret door, <laughs> leading its way into some the department's lower like- breaches. Well, maybe one day we'll tell that story. Yeah. Because that was a fucking disaster. <laughs> <laughs> Just players not understanding basics. Yeah, very humbling. <laughs> Um, but you got to know a little bit more about some of the members of the department, um, one of them being uh, Mimsy, who is that nice little female gnome who kind of had a crush on Spanner. Uh, her name Had-being. is Mimsy Dimmerswitch, by the way. Uh, then you've got Siegfried, who's a big Goliath fella. And uh, his talent is basically being a big Goliath. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got um, uh, Professor Winklepickens was the acting headmaster who was acting in, in the stead of the missing Professor Forthwith, who was the professor you're looking for. When you say, uh, was. You... <laughs> Literally. Yeah, was. Um, yeah, some things happened at the department. Um, Spanner found a book. Uh, Spanner being Spanner okay. made an intense dive to a book that just happened to be sitting somewhere. And the was book... this before or after the pop-up book? Oh, well, Spanner was trying to learn things because Spanner is, you know, a warlock. He's a he, curious boy. He, he wants to become him. better yeah. at his chosen trade yeah. as, any, as any respectable no. trade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like he got stuck in those goo monsters because they yeah. were like guarding. Yes, he tried um, to grab a book. Like someone was obviously reading a book. Yeah, it's almost yes. like if a homeless man ran up and tried to steal a newspaper. Out yes, of yeah. so Spanner when, likes to grab when you were walking through the halls of the Department of Very Old Things, you found, you found a, a large bookcases yeah. lining oh. the walls and some like people magic. were studying as you do in a library. Um, but it looked like these people were using magic to keep these boats, these books levitating in front of them so they could read multiple books at one time. Yeah. Um, and they, they seemed to be floating in midair. Yeah. So Spanner just up and tries to take one out of the air. And what happened then, Spanner? Uh, mm, I learned all the magics. Well, before that, no. though. <laughs> no, got, no, Spanner! I got stuck. You got stuck in a gelatinous cube. It yeah. turns out these aren't levitating by magic. These people have just found a way to tame gelatinous cubes and use them as sort of a way to place things in midair for when you need them. Yeah. And then you can just take them. So, uh, yeah, I went for a book. I got stuck. Yes. They, they let me out. Yes. I went for a different book. Yeah. And yes. I went for a different <laughs> book. repeat and several then times. eventually they put me on top of the bookshelf with a pop-up book, like Baby's, Children's primer Baby's book. first yes. magic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of tabs that had like a few like, beautiful rainbows. And, yes. 
<laughs> you ever seen that gif of that baby who's like looking at that book and he's got cross-eyed? That's what a smooth spanner looked like. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that happened. Some some other stuff. They, they talked to some people, and then everybody came back into the room, and there was some kind of like wind spell that went off. I don't remember what happened there. Uh, yes, uh, Spanner opened a book. That's right. <gasps> that oh, yeah. had a scroll in it, like a magic scroll, which any other adventurer would be like, "Ooh, magic scroll. I'll take that for later." Spanner no. didn't know what it was. Uh, read the magic scroll. Right. It turned out to be an amazing gust of wind spell yeah. uh, that just blew the Department of Very Old Things' library into all, tatters all over the place. Over the place. And uh, one book was knocked loose. It was very mystical looking. Yes. Nobody quite knew what it was, except for the Professor Winklepickens, who um, tried to stop you from touching the book. Yeah. What happened then? Well... I dove at it. You dove at it. <laughs> of course. Classic spanner and diving I, for things I he doesn't own. got to the book first. <laughs> you got to the book first. Yeah. Only to be sucked into the book. Right. That was a little weird. That was a little weird. Uh, where did you get sucked into? Where, um, what, what happened? I, I woke up in a very dark, creepy place on like an island, and I couldn't see anything, and there was just like black goo ocean around me. Yes. And creepy, enormous figures in the distance. Right. It was bad. There were, uh, so you were on an island in uh, what turns out was the abyss. Right. Uh, Tiny, rocky island, not not even big enough to to run 100 feet from side to side. And uh, it was surrounded by ocean, or what you thought was ocean. It was dark. Yeah, it was real dark. Um, But this ocean, it turned out, was wriggling with... um, not in a pleasing way. Not in a pre- pleasing way, no, no. It was more alive with terrible nightmare creatures. Oh, right, right. Yes. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And some of them were starting to reach out for you, and you noticed yeah. in the distance it looked to you like two enormous mountains, maybe towers in the distance. Yeah. Um, but then you start, started to get a strange sense of foreboding, yeah, and you, you realized you might want to get out of here. Yeah, and I couldn't figure anything out. No, you couldn't figure out any way to get out of here. Nope. Uh, and then what What happened then? You summoned your your familiar. Well, I attempted to summon my familiar. Well, you did at first. Oh, that's right. Uh, and your familiar came out, which you can speak with telepathically. Yep. Mr. Buns came out. Mr. Buns came out. We were chatting. Yes. Three foot bunny, about as tall as you, white, yeah. blood red eyes. So he's actually an imp, but he takes a bunny form. Yes. Um... So, yeah, after scouting around for me, he uh, informed me that I was well and truly fucked. Yes. And, <laughs> and you were going to need some help. Going to need some help. Yeah, and there's only one entity that could help you, and yeah. you needed his help. Right. But Spanner doesn't like uh, to get help from this entity. Right. So this is um, – the, the, the reason Spanner has his powers is because he draws them from a certain entity – yeah. Uh, who he made a deal with. Yep. Um, it was sort of a one-sided deal. I mean, he got powers. He's not very good at them. Look, I... What was the <laughs> currency with which you used to buy these powers? Yes. My body. <laughs> your, that your, butthole. That yeah. sweet, that sweet ass. Sweet brown eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Spanner. Yeah. Um, who was this entity who um, um, yeah. you loaned yourself out to? Grost. It was Grost. Yeah. It was Grost. Yes. Uh, Grost being a demon prince of the underworld. Right. Yeah. Um, And what is he, like, what, if you were to say, like, like a demon has a domain. Yeah. What, 
what is his domain? Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Grass's domain is fucking. This is why we're not a child-friendly show. No, not at all. Yeah, don't get confused. So, and then you can look this up to your listeners. He's yep. basically the demon of fucking. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's who you made a deal with. Yeah. So Spanner not being a very good warlock and Grost being a little bit the mischievous. The goddamn warlock you know. <laughs> that's true. I don't know any other ones. You got to say her technicality. Yeah. <laughs> Check me. So what happened was um, Spanner summoned Mr. Buns. He was trapped in the abyss. He's like, Mr. Buns, I need a way out of here. I need you to do your imp thing. Fly around, climb around, look around with your special devil imp eyes. And... Buns was coming up short. He's like, I think you're fucked here, friend. You need to call him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, call him you did. Yep. Um, he didn't come right away. He, uh, you know, he, he never comes first. No, he never does. <laughs> he never comes first. <laughs> uh, but you did hear voices at that point. You heard two unfamiliar voices. Yeah. And then one familiar one, who was your boss. Yeah. And it sounded different than you've ever heard here but he's usually um, a carefree sort nothing really worries him but he was angry but he wasn't angry at you he was angry at whoever he was yelling at yep um we'll get to that in a moment (laughs) (laughs) but he did manage to pull you out of the abyss yeah so he was now present in the department of very old old things grossed himself right was in the department. There were boners aplenty. There was yeah. so many boners. Involuntary. Yes. You couldn't do anything about it. And, and while I was in uh, the abyss, yeah. uh, my good buddy Hank Wankman was... No. Well, you were being Buck, a good buddy uh, at no. the time. Buckthorn Buck Wankman. Wankman. Buck I'm not my father. My good buddy yes. Buckthorn. Well, um, he, as soon as he hit the ground, I was, I'm all, I do medicine. I got, yes. I got a very good medicine bonus. So I was like, how can I help my boy well, out? first we have to say our rule. When you botch a thing or oh, whatever, oh, we're, we'll get there. We'll get there. But yes. that's why you were there in that particular position. Oh, I a thought I thought he because he hit the ground first, and I that's what I, something. Yes, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> I guess if you botch something in our rules, if you botch something, you have to. Because he was do... unconscious, he his consciousness went into the book. Yeah, but your body yes. was your still body was well, your body was just sort of flopped over yeah. as yep. if it were dead. So, so everybody you had was to roll. So. In our game, dear listeners, we have a rule. We, we do do botches, which a lot of tables do. It makes things a lot more fun. When you critically miss a save or like an attack roll or something, that means rolling a one, um, you roll a percentage die thereafter. And if that percent is really high, you have botched. And something's going to fuck up, and we improvise what exactly the fuck up was according to the situation. We also have another roll <laughs> when I you really fuck right something here. up. It yes. started right yes, here. Yes, it started this time. So when you really fuck something up that was story-wise important, or if it's just funny at the time for us, um, we have a role that we call Roll to Shit Pants. <laughs> and, uh, and it's exactly what it says. It says. So picture, did. like, the fucking gnome hits the ground. We're like, Jesus. You can see that. He's like, and then we go up to him, and I'm like, man, what's the problem? And he goes, oh, he just shit his pants. And meanwhile, I'm we're, I'm picking up the a very high trying perception. To, I'm picking up signals from Mimsy that she may yeah. be interested. You're trying to wingman yes. for him. So yeah. I'm trying to cover up the fact that he shit himself. And then, like, <laughs> no, don't look at him. Look over there. <laughs> Figure out what's wrong with him. And at this exact moment, as a joke, uh, we were like, I'm like, I have to kind of do the, like, the, the once around. Like, check his chest, check his arm, make sure his head's okay. And I lift up his cloak. And I was like, Spanner... 
how big is your dick? <laughs> <laughs> so then, like a good D&D table would, right. we made him roll for inches, mm-hmm. which was a D8. Yes. Guess what Spanner rolled? It wasn't a small number. No. As, a, as an eight, baby. That was the biggest number on the dice. So I could, I think, I did the math. I think it's like one-fifth of your body is dick. Yes. <laughs> because he's a gnome. A gnome with an eight-inch dick. Yeah. yeah it's, uh, Which the description of how you did it in character was like, Mimsy's over there, yeah. and you're like trying to help him, but also hide the fact that he shit himself because yeah. there's this girl yeah, here that kind of likes him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to save face for <laughs> Spanner, being a bro. Yeah. Being yeah. your bro. That's right. Got your back, um, but then he lifts up his cloak, sees this in Damn! his fucking third <laughs> leg of yours, <laughs> and then you're, you're, the look on your face, which I'm sorry, Sorry, audio listeners, but it was great. He just lifts up the cloak, and then a split second later, puts the cloak back down and just looks up, and then lifts the cloak up again, (laughs) and then goes right back to work. Yeah, get it back. I was just like, (laughs) so, so, Spanner's got that. Yeah, that's the company. Uh, yeah, then Gross. Which is, might be one of the many reasons. Most of the, let's say it's mostly because of your fabulous personality. Yeah, that Grost is interested in you. Right. But an eight-inch dick helps. Uh, yeah. That may have gained his yeah. favor. It's certainly something not everybody has. Yes. Right. Spanner doesn't know that. Right. Yeah. He's exactly. not aware that he has a yes. giant cock. The, yeah. the background for Spanner, we've decided, is that he doesn't know he has an enormous penis no. because he has no basis for comparison. Right. Yeah. Nor does in his he know mind, that Mimsy likes him. Exactly. Right. That yes. is yeah. completely yeah. close. Like, Signals, lightning are going off, fireworks, giant neon signs pointing to her vag. Just, <laughs> he is just blowing past all yes. of them. Just there nothing. were nights where Mimsy was crying in the bathroom. Yeah, and absolutely. And Cloudless had to console her. Yeah. For yes, hours. they had a little girls' nights yeah. sometimes. He's an uh, asshole. Um, so, uh, Spanner gets pulled out of the book. Grost is there. Yep. Uh, Grost wants to talk to the smartest guy in the room, so yep. he talks to the, the professor, that is the acting headmaster. So, he decides, oh, we're going to talk together, alone. We need some things to discuss because Grass just met something in this book that made him take things very seriously. And in our world, Grass takes nothing seriously. Right. Um, he is a sex demon, and that's pretty much all he thinks of all the time. Um, in our world, dear listeners, um, well, unlike regular D&D where Grass is like an actual threat and an actual villain, he kind of works with, not for, but with our team towards a common goal, and that common goal is what he discovered that day. He talks to the professor, alone. Uh, You hear a commotion coming from the professor's office. You go back in there to find that he has been split in half. Not in twain! Not 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 a metaphor. Not horizontal, up the middle. Yes, he's been bisected vertically and is hanging from chains. Um, And the book with the abyss in it has been burned to ashes. And now the, uh, the... the department is swarming with um, what in the D&D Beast manual is called Hook Horrors, but since they're created by Grost, we call them Hook Whores. <laughs> uh, they're basically M- S&M creatures with hooks for hands. Yeah. Gross. It's creepy. Yes. They're real creepy. Uh, so you ran off, got into the ship, flew mm. away. Well, we got attacked by them first. Yeah, we fought yeah, them yeah, off. Yeah, we fought them off. Yes. We fought them off. Yeah, we two of those hook horror well. hands. And <laughs> yes. We Spans. found, like, a, a really hot box or something like that, so I suspended them in my room, so I have, like, 
the hook horror hands suspending. Oh yeah, the yeah, claws. Yeah, 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 because the hooks are, are perpetually on yeah. fire. Yeah. yeah, I come from a volcano yeah. island. Yeah, so in order to you know keep the ship nice and warm, right? We've got a couple yeah. of their it's hands like in the a metal Martian box. where you had that nuclear like waste. Yes, it's just like in the Martian where <laughs> yeah. it keeps the the radioactive material yeah. in right. the metal metal box. Yeah, uh, Spanner had some acrobatics. Yep. Wankman failed to what? do important things. No, 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 no. Let's okay. I I let me just clarify. You guys are gonna, you here. listener are gonna love Spanner just for the fact that he just does stuff. We gotta keep going. Like yeah, he just that. he just runs <laughs> off. Like he just ran out the ship and he's like grab the rope and he's already midway down the ship like <laughs> in midair. Yeah. Spanner so. runs entirely yeah. on impulse. He's impulse personified. There's setup and then there's action. Spanner's action first and then while it's happening, <laughs> asks for the setup and then gets angry if nothing is ready. <laughs> yes. So That's why we love him. Yeah. Then we went somewhere. Where'd we uh, go next? It was Christmas. Oh, that's oh, Christmas! Oh, um, this it, in real life, this happened to be Christmas time. Uh, so, the you were going to go somewhere else to um, to help Mimsy, who was working on a project oh, for yeah, yeah. who yeah. she admitted through some uh, cajoling. Spanner kind of gave her the the fluffy eyes, and then she revealed the information <laughs> that she was uh, working with the thieves guild on a project. So you're going to go help her with that. But then Christmas happened in real life, so we wanted I wanted to do a Christmas <laughs> episode. <laughs> Because I'm not just going to let you guys escape without a Christmas episode. So, we, uh, the, the captain picked you up in the ship and he says, Okay, I'm happy to go help you with the Thieves' Guild stuff, but we got to make a stop first. It's Christmas time. I forgot it was Christmas. We need to go see my in-laws. Uh, so, we've got uh, the Autumn Queen, basically. Yeah. Uh, her dad, being a season, is uh, the, the Winter King, you could say. Um, he was... He looked like a dwarf, but he was enormous and had a big white beard and dressed entirely in red. We never said he was Santa Claus, but he's fucking Santa Claus. (laughs) Assumption was that he was Santa Claus. Um, So, that's those are those are the captain's in-laws. It's Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus, and uh, Christmas is at the fucking Claus house for this party. Hell yeah! So. There was a little trouble. We had some trouble in the toy shop. There was a bunch of emo elves. I mean, and who the fuck likes those? There were like goblins or something. We there was, there was, there was one a goblin, goblin that we got rid of, and then it led us to the cave with the emo yeah, elves. Yeah, with the emo elves. And yeah. they were trying to ruin Christmas. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Yeah. It was yeah. just an excuse to beat up some edgelords, basically. We stopped them. Yes. Yeah. We stopped them. Buck and then we got Christmas, Christmas presents. And they got yeah, Christmas presents. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. you can't just go to Santa's house and not get Christmas. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> um, so, Larry, what did you get for Christmas? Um, what was it? Seven slod brains. Slod brains. Slod oh, is a creature in D and D that has a gem for a brain, and the gem is actually worth money. They're very treasured. And I got a. And they look like coal, by the way. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. So crazy. there was a little joke on my part. I was like, "Oh, you get seven rocks. Get it." It's because I talk like this. Thank you, Um What yeah. else did you get? I also got a bag of beans. You got no that you, the the bag of beans was elsewhere. Was you it? got that elsewhere. Yeah. You got for Christmas. You got the, the um, you got the slot oh, brains. I did get them from Rosie. Yeah, Rosie gave you those. Um, but oh, you also the got. What was she doing with those beans? Don't worry about it. She's in the face. Don't worry about it. All right, all right. He gets bad. Yeah, foreshadowing. <laughs> um, so you also got um, a forgery kit. Yes. Yes, which was just happy days for you. Right. Uh, Josh, what did you get for I got Christmas? a pair of uh, very sweet, uh, I assume tortoiseshelled aviator, or not aviators, Wayfarer Raymans. Right. That are officially charm glasses. Yes, they are the, the, the glasses of charming that someone can look up in the D&D Dungeon Master's right. Guide. They're an actual item, but we just made them sweet aviator shades. Yeah. Or, or Wayfarers. Wayfarers. Sorry. Wayfarers. That's a classic different Raymans. <laughs> yes, but he can put them on, and this may be a callback to certain other things that we may have played with before. 
Um, he can use them to charm people because they're just so sick looking. Shit, yeah. yeah. Uh, Danielle, what did you get for Christmas? I got a sweet Warhammer, and the, the handle is an immovable pole. Yes. Um, so Sally, the captain's sister, has an immovable... That's her basically her weapon. Mm-hmm. that She just beats people to death with a pipe. Um, <laughs> but the thing about it is that there's a little switch on it. You press the switch, and that pole stays wherever you put the switch on. Yep. So if you were to put it in the ground... That thing ain't moving it's until like Danielle wants it to better. move. Yes. <laughs> but on the end of this pole is a hammer. That's right. So Thor's hammer, basically. Yes. yes. Uh, Nick, what did you get for Christmas? Uh, Spanner got some Healy shoes that he can, like, rollerblade around <laughs> on. Yeah. So that he can, you know, keep up with these party members that yeah. move quickly. That's right. I mean, Spanner doesn't run very fast because he's a gnome, but he also really doesn't want run very fast, and he runs every fucking where. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and usually arrives wherever he's going out of breath because he has an eight-inch penis and it's heavy. <laughs> a lot of blood is going there. It's not in his brain. Drag that thing around. I also got a uh, squid hat. So yes. It's a hat yes. with squid tentacles, and these tentacles can uh, like Move. grasp things. Yes. They're usually It's got a mind of its own, yeah. and when you got this, it's made of like knitted wool. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It had a little charred kiss mark into it, and, it, and, and Santa looked at you, and he's like, I didn't make that. <laughs> and Nick kind of realized, oh, shit. <laughs> Sean, what did you get for Christmas? Um, I got a jug of alchemy. Yeah. Um, so I'm just good as far as any liquid I need. I mean, whether it be water or mayo or beer or honey, Acid. poison or you know, you yeah, know, whatever. It's got a lot of different liquids in it, and it recharges itself every day. Uh, Courtney, what did you get for Christmas? We got a couple presents from Rosie. Yes, because uh, you're her favorite because you're a druid and she's okay. from the Fae and you racist. both love nature. <laughs> <laughs> and you were really nice one to squirrel. Her. What the hell? Whatever, you know? <laughs> well, before all this began, I have to say, uh, back when we were at the Fae, I got uh, like three goat figurines from yes. her. Um, and this doesn't have anything to do with Christmas, but uh, I got a goat of travail, a goat of terror. And also uh, a goat of traveling. Yes. So it's I, a set of three ivory goats. We'll three never, billy goats. And they are very good. Those. those will never come in hand. <laughs> oh, no, never. <laughs> Weak. Side note. But she also gave me a handmade scarf with vines, which is basically a thorn whip. Yes, for... it is the spell thorn whip that you can just use once a day. And then from a mysterious source, I received ten cherry bombs as well. Yes. Yep. I did too. I absolutely <laughs> forgot about that. Um, they, uh, they basically explode, and in an area around the explosion, they push everything away. They're cherry bombs. Nice. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, Christmas happened. It was a good, good time. And then, um, then you went on to help Mimsy with her issue. Yeah. Um, she was working on a project, basically, and it turned out that her client was the Thieves Guild. And. She uh, let out the information to you eventually that she had been working with these creatures called the Modron, which in normal D&D are just a race of creatures that live in their own realm. Uh, but in our game are these little tiny creatures that sort of assemble themselves, like swarm style, into anything you need, uh, animate or inanimate. And uh, the Thieves Guild wanted them for a certain reason, but they needed uh, to be delivered because she had finished this project. So... Finished this project she did, and she was going to make the delivery, and you were coming with just to see to her safety and uh, maybe, you know, make a little money on the side. Yeah. That's always available. Yeah. Good choice. Um, And it turned out the Thieves Guild was being run by a uh, beholder 
called the Xanathar, which is a very famous character in D&D. Once again, in our game, he's working with you because the coolest characters are always the villains. Yeah. <laughs> Let's work yeah. with them yeah. uh, towards mutually beneficial goals. Uh, but in normal D&D, he's a, a really bad character. He's like the beholder. Lives in Waterdeep, for that matter. And not in our game. Don't worry about it, listeners. We make shit up as we go along. If it's cool, we fucking do that instead. <laughs> Uh, so you were working with the Xanathar who needed uh, uh, some work from you. He was going to hire you. Mm-hmm. And he was going to pay you. Pay us well. Honest pay for honest work. Thousand oh. gold each. <laughs> he needed uh, help with a heist, which any respectable group of adventurers worth their salt mm-hmm. are going to say heist. Yes, please. Absolutely. Yes. Please. yes. Yeah. So uh, he had, up until recently, owned a casino a casino resort, basically. Uh, it was an island, and it was in the middle of a vast ocean. May have even been on the plain of water. But it was a resort meant for shifty types, villains, members of the underworld classes, where they could go to unwind. It's basically the Continental from John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't do on purpose, then I realized, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I used to do. Damn you, John Wick! <laughs> um, but... It's, it, it's a clientele is exclusively bad individuals. Uh, so the, this casino recently was owned by him up until it was uh, taken over hostily by the Black Network, who um, in the ensuing struggle had uh, managed to take one of his eyes, mm-hmm. and he needed that back mm-hmm. in order to, uh, beholders being very paranoid and very vain, need everything intact so they can make their plans the right way because there was a hole in his vision, as it were. Yep. So he needed that fixed. He wasn't going to stop until it was, but he needed some uh, patsies, basically. Yeah. Somebody to work for him. Some idiots some to go. Dumbass some dumbass. Some dumb idiots to break into a hotel. Mm. Filled with the most evil Filled with the most evil individuals ever. Right. So, uh, and this was, we'll say, recorded... In our pilot episode, yeah. I think I think we may the, release the it at some point. Second half of our first adventure, yes, basically. Yeah. But I think we cover all that stuff in that episode, so yes. they will probably be let's give them let's give them a, a super high overview. I don't think we in case we did any of like them. the first half of the no, casino no. stuff. No, no, I think we started the first pilot uh, after the you had right cased out the casino. So just yeah. watch Ocean Eleven, the beginning of Ocean's Eleven, where yeah. they're all setting everything up, and that's what we were doing. We were like gathering information and getting. Stealing, I stole a couple room keys or employee only badges. And exactly. got nothing after else got Enslaving certain nothing people. Nothing else happened. We were sexually other than <laughs> getting stuff. some sex slaves. That was just fun. Raven, Raven shitting his brains out, uh, getting drunk. Ocean's Eleven stuff. None of that other shit. Happened. Raven beginning her uh, gathering of of information. She. Struck out. A seduced few a cougar. Seduced a cougar. Which, which we do see at the end of in, yeah. in the next episode. Yes. And then Spanner, of course, greasing himself up and sliding through vents. Like, like John McClane. Like John, it's like Danny DeVito. <laughs> more like John McClane. <laughs> and they're in and out of vents and greased up and like, we're all looking good and flying. He's just like in his underwear. Like, Underwear. <laughs> oh, naked. Oh, yeah, he was bare ass yeah. naked. Yeah. 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 So. so. <laughs> All right, so I think uh, that probably wraps up the introductory episode. Right. Mm-hmm. If anyone's still listening, uh, congratulations! Want to actually hear some fucking D and D? Please continue on to the next episode. Yep. Yeah, and got any questions? Hit us up on those social media. Oh right? yeah, shit yes. yeah! And we will also have episodes uh, including our Gamma World characters. Yep. Uh, in the background on them because that's good to know. Mm-hmm. And then we will also, at some point. 
need to cover um, who Buckthorn's father is. We, yep, that is a that is a separate game in itself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll slot all that in. Right. Yeah. Don't worry. You, you guys like, should be pretty cl- caught up on most stuff by yeah. the end of this. Cool. Right on. Well, goodbye, everybody. Oh, Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.